What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad is my turn yet. It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 10 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. I am, as always, your illustrious host. Chris, the Heat Matthews, invading your ear holes once again for another week of Wrestle Talk. So, how about that new intro? I thought it was pretty cool. I uh, wanted to do a little bit of a change since, you know, 10 episodes in, just felt like doing something different. So, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's different. It's unique. It's fun. Uh, but anyway, let's jump into some news this past week. Pretty pretty light on the news, but, uh, there was some, uh, some interesting things going on. Uh, of course, as you all know, Chris Jericho is your new AEW. I should say inaugural AEW world heavyweight champion. Um, uh, a little bit of a mishap. Uh, Jericho had the title stolen from him. Uh, the story, basically what had happened from what I've read is that the Jericho had left the title and his luggage inside the limo that he was traveling in um, while he was eating dinner. Um, Apparently he had grabbed the wrong suitcase, got his luggage mixed up. So the driver took the limo back to the airport to swap out the luggage. And in that time frame of the driver going to the airport, then back to Jericho somewhere, the title was stolen. Um, But Luckily, it did turn up. Uh, Tallahassee Police Department had recovered the title. Apparently, it was turned in by someone who claims they had found it on the side of the highway. Uh, Me, personally, I believe that the person that stole the title is the one that turned it in, claiming they found it on the side of the highway. So, yeah, there's that. Kind of weird. Kind of a weird story that all of a sudden the title would turn up kind of makes me wonder if it's almost a work um but who knows we'll uh dip into a little bit of the bubbly and we'll find out so i also got some rick flair news uh nature boy is healthy fine uh it seems that he is going into a legal battle against the wwe for using the term the man for becky lynch uh, it feels like to me because this has become such a popular gimmick for Becky flair seems to be looking for a payday off of something. I don't know what his brain has determined it to be, but flair had coined the term to be the man. You've got to beat the man. Not once has flair ever said, I'm the man. I am the man. I'm the man, Ric Flair. Any promo that he's ever done, I've never heard him say that I'm the man and use it in the same context that Becky uses it for her gimmick. It's always to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I, I really don't think Flair has a case here. And honestly, dude just needs to give it up. Um, he's a legend and much respect for everything that he's done in the business, but it's just ridiculous at this point. Like 
you're, you're grasping at straws here, trying to pull something out of nothing. And to be honest, if he even gets anything out of this, it's, it is going to be very surprising and very shocking to me in, in the very least. So yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. Honestly, I really don't, I don't know what Flair's thinking. If he's even thinking at all, um, more than likely he's probably needs the money to pay you know, off the alimony from his previous ex-wives and all the other fun stuff, but who the hell knows? But, uh, yeah, so that's the news, uh, that I've come across this week. Really nothing major going on. Just a couple little tidbits there. Some fun stuff, some not so fun stuff, some crazy Ric Flair stuff, but, uh, let's jump into raw. And do things a little bit differently. You know, normally I would pick out, you know, what I thought was the best match of the night, the best segment of the night, the failure of the night. Um, basically, we're going to break it down to the good, the bad, and the ugly. So here it goes. The good. The Firefly Funhouse segment. This segment... It was great to see the return of the Firefly, the Firefly Funhouse, um, with Bray Wyatt as you know his messed up Mister Rogers character instead of the Fiend, um, with him referencing the supposed leaked uh, Hell in the Cell match with, of course, you know the Fiend challenging the winner of Seth Rollins versus Strowman at Clash of Champions next weekend, uh, with him taking out the winner of that for the Universal Title. Uh, it was a great segment with the, you know, the little Vince McMahon puppet, you know, coming out saying, how dare you challenge for the universal title, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Bray Wyatt, like, you know, who do you think you are? And then Bray like pulls out a wad of money. He's like, but I have this and, you know, starts feeding him the money and he makes like the, the crunching ticket noise from Chuck E. Cheese. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Those are great segment. Um, everything that they're doing with Bray right now, as far as his messed up, Mr. Rogers, and the fiend are two of the greatest things going right now. Um, what else? Good for Monday Night Raw. Smojo versus Ricochet was a great match. Uh, ending was kind of messed up, but we get the triple threat with Joe versus Ricochet versus Baron Corbin. Um, I honestly think since my brackets all screwed up anyway from the King of the Ring tournament, um, somehow I can see Baron Corbin like sneaking the win in this matchup. Um, and going on to the finals, but I can see Joe and I can see Ricochet, but I really think it's going to be Corbin taking the win for that. Uh, let's see what else was good. Bailey's heel turn. That was a shocking surprise of the night. And it's something that was long overdue since Bailey's character has grown a little stale. Um, her turning and just laying into, uh, Becky with the chairs um, after she, you know, what stopped Sasha was just something that, I guess, I was much needed for her character, and it given her a little bit more depth there. The crowd went nuts for it. Like as soon as she started wailing on Becky with those chairs, the crowd just like flipped out, ate it up, and was just chanting "Yes, yes, yes!" And it was just, it was an amazing sight to see. <coughs> oh, excuse me. But um, I'm glad they finally did it. I'm glad they full, pulled the trigger on that. Um, and it continued into SmackDown uh, with her and Sasha laying into Charlotte and beating her down too. Which I'm kind of confused on that one because if Bailey's supposed to be a heel, then Charlotte's supposed to be a heel. So does that mean we're getting two heels facing each other at Clash of Champions? Um, 
because one of them is going to probably end up going to be playing the face, which I think they may have just turned, maybe turning Charlotte face again. Who knows? Which I honestly hope not because Charlotte is a much better heel. Uh, let's see. What do we got for the bad? Biggest thing with the bad for Monday Night Raw is the Viking Raiders. Um, I love the Viking Raiders. Like I said, I've been following them since Ring of Honor when they're War Machine. Um, but why are they still wrestling jobbers? Why are we getting enhancement talent every single week? When we finally start pinning them in matches, like they had that match with Hawkins and Ryder, and then last week they were in that tag team turmoil match, it just doesn't make any sense to put them in a match with enhancement talent again. It just proves that even though we've had a different direction with creative, they still have no clue what they're doing with the majority of the stuff that's going on. The Viking Raiders should have been paired up against somebody. Um, like, I just, I don't understand. Like you set the uh, wheels in motion with them against Gallows and Anderson last week in that tag turmoil match just to have them face enhancement and talent again this week and squash them. We know what the Viking Raiders are capable of at this point. Even, you know, the casual fans who only watch Raw and SmackDown know what the Viking Raiders can do. Uh, the other bad is apparently over the last few weeks, we're back to starting off Raw with promos. Uh, the great thing is they're not, you know, 30, 40 minute promos anymore. They're a little shorter and they usually go right into a match. Uh, but still, like, I really don't need to turn in the opening of the show to have someone run their mouth unless it's, you know, the night after a pay-per-view or something like that. And, you know, you have the, like, the new champion coming out and, you know, celebrating the title win, something like that. That's about the only time that I believe it's acceptable to do that. Um, let's see. The ugly. The ugly from Monday Night Raw. Cesaro's booking. We go from NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, where Cesaro looked like a fucking champ. And then you have him show up on Raw, and you just completely job him out again. Like, they can't say or do anything consistent with Cesaro, and they just keep doing like the same thing over and over again, where they bring him out for these high-profile matches, and he ends up losing. It's, it's ridiculous. Like something needs to be done. Cesaro is one of the most underused talents on the roster. If that's the case, if you're not going to do anything with him on the main roster, then why not use him to boast your NXT UK talent pool or even NXT when they debut on USA? Why not have him float there? At least it'll give him something to do and he'll be wrestling and maybe you can push him to like an NXT title or an NXT UK title, something like that. And honestly, I think a Walter versus Cesaro match would be fucking phenomenal, but we'll see where they head in that direction. Ah, uh, SmackDown. Let's roll the good, the bad, and the ugly on SmackDown. The good. Um, obviously both King of the Ring qualifying matches or the King of the Ring tournament matches uh, with Ali taking on Elias was a very solid matchup. I had originally pegged Ali to win and um, Elias had picked up the victory in that matchup. So, I thought that was uh, pretty good. And then we got uh, Andrade versus Gable. And I had, honestly, I'd picked Andrade to win that match. And I thought the finals for SmackDown were going to end up as Ali versus Andrade. Uh, but we have Elias versus Chad Gable. So I'm not mad about that. And I think it's going to be a pretty solid matchup. And I think the finals for the King of the Ring tournament are going to come down to Gable versus Corbin. With Corbin picking up the win. So... 
there's that. Um, those are the two good matches. Uh, there's a lot of short jokes and stuff like that directed towards Gable by Zelina Vega. Um, and of course, you know, from other members of the roster. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, the other good was the 24 seven title, of course, which ended the night with our truth on the King of the ring stage, wearing a lampshade on his head, um, pinning up, pinning Maverick and taking the 24 seven title. Truth is now, if I remember correctly, a 14 time 24 seven champion. No, that's pretty awesome. So, um, the bad, unfortunately, was Sonya and Mandy, Fire and Desire versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Um, the match just wasn't up to par as what it should have been. Um, the four of these women are phenomenal talents, and it just I don't know, it just felt like a letdown to me from what I was kind of anticipating a little bit more. But um, nonetheless, it wasn't like really bad, like to the point where it's unwatchable or become ugly. Um. But the uh, the trophy for this week for the ugly for SmackDown continues to be Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Eric Rowan. This segment, this whole buildup is just fucking stupid. Like, I can't express how much I hate this. You've got Roman and Daniel Bryan in the ring. Rowan comes out, destroys both of them, puts Bryan through a table, destroys Roman, Stands tall, you know, claiming, you know, he was the one that's been tormenting Roman for the last few weeks and declaring his independence from Daniel Bryan. They, I don't know how many times I can say this, but they missed the mark so bad, like with a chance to bring back Harper and have him be the one who, you know, was the one that was driving the car, who pushed the scaffolding over, like things like this. And you have this phenomenal talent that's just sitting at home and you're missing the mark all because Vince has a sour taste in his mouth on Luke Harper, who put in a hell of a lot of work during his IC title reign, you know, a few years back and, you know, ladder matches, Ambrose and matches with Ziggler, just a great talent who's sitting at home, who wants to work, who wants to wrestle, just chilling at home. And we get shit like Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. So apparently Clash of Champions, it's supposed to be Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. Somehow I highly doubt that's going to end up being a singles matchup because who the hell is going to spend any type of money for a Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan matchup? So I'm pretty sure that this week, or this coming week, next week on SmackDown, we will see Daniel Bryan added to that matchup and it'll end up becoming a triple threat. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much all we got for raw SmackDown. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly on that one. Um, NXT it's pretty solid matchups on there. Um, of course with Adam Cole taking on ACH. Uh, I can't remember what his, uh, his NXT name is, but uh phenomenal matchup between the two of them. And of course that was, um, ACH won the NXT breakout tournament. So he got to go for a title of his choice. So of course he picked the NXT championship. Uh, taking on Adam Cole, which is a great match. And of course, Adam Cole did retain the title on that. So here we go for NXT. Um, the big noteworthy thing from that. So that's pretty much it. As far as the WWE wrap up this week, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to hit back with some uh, results from the big weekend of wrestling with uh, AEW's all out. 
uh, New Japan's Royal Quest, and of course, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff results. So we'll run through those real quick. Got some figure news. Uh, of course, we got your trivia segment and Q&A and something, and maybe a little discussion about something else. So we shall return. Sit tight. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, and we are back. So let's jump into the results from this past weekend. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch anything. Um, Had some prior family commitments and work. And unfortunately, still was not able to catch up this week. Um, But we're going to run down results here real quick and break those down. So we're going to start off with the NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So results for these guys. uh, Noam Dar defeated Travis Banks. Uh, Cesaro, with his surprise appearance, defeated Druganov. NXT UK Tag Team Championship match. We have new NXT UK Tag Team Champions with Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Uh, last man standing match, we had Joe Coffey defeating Dave Mastiff. Uh, UK Women's Championship match, we have a new champion in Kaylee Ray. Uh, in the United Kingdom Championship match, Walter retained over Tyler Bate. All right, so let's break down New Japan's Royal Quest results, which was also broadcasted uh, from the UK this Saturday. Um, your IWGP Heavyweight Championship match saw Okada uh, retain over Suzuki. Uh, your British Heavyweight Championship, uh, Tanahashi, actually defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Um, kind of surprised on that match because I had picked uh, Zack Sabre Jr. to retain. Uh, your Never Openweight Championship, Kenta, uh, defeated Tom- Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, so he's your new Never Openweight Champion. Uh, the IWGP Tag Team Championships are on the line as the Gorillas of Destiny defeated Aussie Open. Uh, Sonata and Naito of LIJ defeated Jay White and Chase Owens of the Bullet Club. Uh, Robbie Eagles and Will Il- Will Osprey defeated El Fantasmo and Ishimori. Juice Robinson and Ibushi defeated Takahashi and Hikaleo. Uh, and of course, there's six man tag match at Rocky Romero, Yo, and Sho uh, going over Taguchi, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita. So there's your uh, breakdown for New Japan Royal Quest. I probably butchered some names on that, but it's, it's cool. I'm human. It happens. Uh, so let's get into your results for AEW All Out, uh, which was the most anticipated um, AEW show this year so far. Um, this will be the last event before AEW debuts on TNT on October 2nd. Uh, the buy-in, uh, we had the 21-woman Casino Battle Royal, uh, which was won by Nyla Rose, who will go on to take on Rio 
for the women's championship for the inaugural women's championship on October 2nd on the debut episode of AEW on TNT. Uh, we also had uh, whew, a lot of uh, stacked names in that battle royal. Uh, Britt Baker, B. Priestley, uh, Leva Bates, Fabi Apache, Priscilla Kelly, Chandra Royal, Penelope Ford, Shaza McKenzie, Ariel Monroe, Sadie Gibbs, Tennille Dashwood, Eva Lease, B. Presley, Brandy Rhodes, Awesome Kong, Allie Nicole Savoy, Teal Piper, uh, Jazz ODB, and Mercedes Martinez. So lots of uh, big names in that matchup. It was cool to see ODB on there, Mercedes Martinez, uh, seeing those names pop up in the results. Of course, we knew Jazz was coming back. Um, really wish Mercedes would have signed with WWE. I think she could have done a lot um, on NXT, uh, especially being partnered up with Mia Yim. So, but yeah, so it's cool to see her show up on AEW. Maybe she'll be a part of the women's division for AEW. Who knows? Here's the wishful thinking. Uh, Private Party defeated the team of Jack Evans and Angelico, uh, which is surprising to me because uh, I would have thought Jack Evans and Angelico would have won over in that match. And I did pick pick them to win. Uh, main show, we saw SCU, the team of Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, uh, defeat Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. I had actually picked a boy and his dinosaur and Marco Stunt to win that matchup. Uh, let's see, we had Pac defeating Kenny Omega. Um, there's a lot of counters from what I've heard in this matchup, and it was actually pretty solid. Um... I picked Omega to win that, so kind of surprised to see Pocket won. Uh, we had the Cracker Barrel Clash with uh, Jimmy Havoc defeating Joey Janela and Darby Allen. Uh, I guess it was a pretty pretty solid uh, hardcore matchup featuring a giant barrel. So who knows? Uh, maybe eventually I will sit down and watch this event. Some of these matchups actually look pretty cool. Uh, we had the Dark Order, which was uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson defeating the Best Friends, uh, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. Honestly, would have rather seen uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta go over in this matchup. I don't like the Dark Order gimmick. It's kind of lame. Um, the coolest thing to come out of this, I did see clips on this, was um, Orange Cassidy coming in and making the save for the Best Friends. Um, then seeing like the huge, the big celebration between the three of them in the ring, of course, with Cassidy still standing there with his hands in his pockets um, after he hits his uh, suicide dive to take out the creepers and clear the uh, ring of uh, the Dark Order. So that was pretty cool. Um, and of course, Rio, Rio defeated Shiata. Um, so she'll be challenging Nyla, Nyla Rose October 2nd for the inaugural AEW Women's Champion. Uh, Cody defeated Sean Spears. Uh, of course, Tully Blanchard was in Spears' corner. MJF came out with Cody. Uh, Cody won with a chair-assisted disaster kick at Crossroads after getting a little help from Arn Anderson, who came out and hit a classic double-A spinebuster on Sean Spears. So, um, then Of course, we had the Escalera de la Muerte match, which, of course, is just a ladder match. Um... For the AAA Tag Team Championship, which the Lucha Brothers retained over the Young Bucks. Um, after the match, former LAX Tag Team um, 
fucking Ortiz and Santana debuted, uh, pretty much attacking, uh, the Lucha brothers, pretty much picking up where they left off in, uh, impact. And I'm sorry, but they weren't, they're not LAX. Like you can give them the name all you want, but in my opinion, LAX is always going to be homicide and Hernandez. You fucking stupid. Like, fuck you impact. So, uh, let's see. Then of course, the AEW world championship match, uh, Chris Jericho had defeated, uh, hangman page. Um, I did pick Jericho to win this as, uh, I feel that having Jericho as the first world champion, uh, for AEW adds name value to that title belt and a little bit more prestige. And I think, um, Adam Cole is going to work, not Adam Cole, Adam page is going to work best chasing after that title. Um, and getting his star power built up before they actually put the title on him, which I can see happening in the next couple events or so. But yeah, so that is pretty much a breakdown over what happened over the weekend. Like I said, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, so hopefully I'll find some time this weekend to catch up. And these all look like some pretty solid shows. So we'll see that. Um... All right, y'all. Well, it seems to be everybody's podcast seems to have some sort of weekly purchases segment. So I just wanted to share with you a look at some of the stuff that I have picked up this week. Um, whether it be like eBay, something like that, or, um, like through other outlets. Um, I'm going to start off with one figure that I've had, um, that I actually don't have really. Um, I have, I am a big fan of Lisa Marie Varon, AKA Victoria, AKA Tara. Um, I pretty much have all her Jack's ruthless aggression figures right from the straight to the two pack. Um, her first figure with Stevie Richards to, you know, a couple of other ones. There was one figure that I didn't have. Um, and I'm going to meet her, um, in a couple weeks here again, second time meeting her. I don't know why the first time I didn't track down a figure to get signed by her, um, but with her retiring from in-ring competition this year, I thought it was time to hunt down one of the figures that they didn't have, which was um, Jack's Ruthless Aggression 22, uh, which came out in 2006. Um, it's got Lisa in her uh, camel gear that she had. Um, and it's the only Victoria figure that I didn't purchase. So I actually got a pretty solid deal on that. Uh, found that on eBay. Mint in package. There's a couple just small little creases on the package. Really nothing major. So it's going to look pretty cool with her signature across the front of it. And I'm super psyched to get that and really to get that signed by her when I meet her in a few weeks here. Um, what else did we pick up? We picked up a Hasbro Jim the Anvil Neidhart figure to add to my um, small but growing Hasbro collection. Um, it may be something that I won't complete anytime soon because there's a lot of expensive Hasbro figures out there. Um, he is loose. He is mint. The action feature still works. Just had a couple of little paint dings on there, which rubbed off with no problem after a good old-fashioned figure bath. So that was cool to add that Jim the Anvil Neidhart uh, figure to my um, Hasbro collection. Um, also got a solid deal on some NXT Target exclusive elites of... The top guys, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, a.k.a. The Revival. So I'm looking forward to adding those to my shelf as well. Um, 
non-wrestling figure related pickups, I've got the real Ghostbusters Haunted Humans X-Cop figure, uh, which is pretty cool. He kind of transforms his arms pull down and his legs pull down to real veal, like some skeleton bones. Um, then you flip the switch on the back and his whole chest and face pop down to reveal like a skeleton to chest thing. So pretty excited to get that as it's one of the few haunted human figures that I'm missing uh, from my real Ghostbusters collection. So um, he's not in like minty mint condition, but he's he's not bad. You know, picked pick him up for like five bucks. So can't really complain on that. Um, get some of the scuff marks off of him too with a uh, good old fashioned figure bath. So um that's pretty much it for stuff that i've picked up and uh yeah so we're going to go ahead and get into your figure news for this week uh, we're going to break it down here um oh man Storm Collectibles is releasing a Yushin Thunder Liger figure, which I'm pretty psyched about, as I have um, the first Hollywood Hulk Hogan figure, uh, six-inch scale, that was released by Storm Collectibles. Um, hopefully, this Liger will be in that same scale, because they do scale nicely with the Mattel Elite figures. Uh, they're super articulated, uh, great detail, especially the face sculpt, things like that. So I'm super excited to see that figure and what that's going to look like. Um as far as once they release any like prototype images or anything like that, uh, figures toy company has also released a prototype image of Brian Pillman jr's face sculpt, um, which looks pretty awesome. Um, but of course FTC has a, uh, issue with, you know, most figures will look really good in the prototype phase. And once the final product comes out, it doesn't look so hot. Um, I'm really hoping that this isn't one of those figures where the, the final version looks like crap. So, but the, uh, the face scan on there is dead on and it looks phenomenal. So hopefully it stays that way through final production. Um, but that's pretty much it as far as your, well, my, um, weekly purchases this week and figure news. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with your Q and a, uh, trivia question for the week and a new segment that I like to call. What if? So we'll be back in a few seconds. It's new WCW Slash The WCW's most famous wrestlers performing their most famous moves. Stinger Splash! Lex Luger lays the torture rack on Sting. I bet that stings. <laughs> Here comes Kevin Nash to power bomb the giant. Bob's away. Macho Man gives GDP a seat. Goldberg's got Nash up and Jackhammer! It's a smashing, slamming free for all. New WCW Smash and Slam Wrestlers. Ring and figures each sold separately. All right, and we are back. Um, kind of want to take a detour off the uh, the wrestling road, so to say, for just a couple minutes, and then we'll get into like your, your trivia question and the Q and A. And um, basically, I want to talk about Ghostbusters. It's Another passion of mine is something that I've loved since I was a kid as well. Um, and as some of you may know, you may not know, there is a new movie coming out next year, um, which is being directed by Jason Reitman, who, of course, is the son of Ivan Reitman, if you're not familiar. Uh, so basically, we are getting what is called a legacy sequel. So this will be, in fact, Ghostbusters 3, um, as opposed to the the reboot that came out uh, in 2016. Uh, with that 
comes some big news as far as toys go for this movie. Um, looks like Hasbro has been granted the master toy license to produce Ghostbusters toys. Now, the biggest thing coming out of this is not just that Hasbro makes some awesome toys uh, with the Marvel Legends figures, uh, which are phenomenal, which are something that I just started getting into. Um, and of course, they have the Power Rangers license this year, which they took over from Bandai. Uh, Bandai made some pretty good figures, but Hasbro has kind of done a better job with them from some of the stuff that I've seen. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the biggest thing with Hasbro taking over this license for the Ghostbusters toys, um, Hasbro acquired Kenner in the 90s. Um, some may remember, you may not remember, Kenner was actually the uh, toy company that produced the real Ghostbusters figures. So with Hasbro owning Kenner, Hasbro owns also the molds and the production rights to those original real Ghostbusters figures. So the big rumor going around is now that Hasbro has the licensing for Ghostbusters. Um, we may see re-releases uh, kind of similar to what they did uh, this past year with the Star Wars figures from the original series, the original set that came out. Um, that was, you know, a series catalog, you know, exclusive type thing, uh, pre-order type thing where you, you purchase the display stand and then you got the figures eventually when they were produced. Um, but there's, like I said, there's been rumors of possibly the hope that we will see re-releases of some of those original real Ghostbusters figures. So that I'm kind of psyched about that, um, for two aspects, one, we're getting a new Ghostbusters movie that is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And on top of that, we have Hasbro um, making the toys for Ghostbusters, which could also possibly lead to re-releases of the real Ghostbusters figures. So pretty psyched about that. Um, yeah, so those who know me know my passion for Ghostbusters and how, how freaking psyched I am for that. Um, but let's, uh, hop off this detour and let's get back onto the, the wrestling road, so to say, and we're going to hit you with your trivia question from last week, um, which of course was at the October, 1995 in your house. What was the first match? Your choices were Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Fatu, the smoking guns versus Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid. Or Marty Jannetty versus Goldust. So those are your three choices. Uh, the correct answer, if you got this right, as always, go ahead and give yourself the Barry Horowitz pat on the back. The correct answer was Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Fatu. So that was your trivia question from last week. This week's trivia question. Here we go. At the... Uh, it's kind of some tough ones on here. Let me let me take a look here. Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, who did Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo beat for their second WWF tag team titles? So there are no multiple choice answers on this one. It's either you know it or you don't. So here we go. One more time. Who did Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo beat for their second WWF tag team titles? So that's your trivia question for this week. 
Um, as always, if you know the answer, you can drop it below on any post on social media um, promoting episode 10. Or you can email me to email it to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Just put it in the subject line, trivia question, episode 10. And we will uh, go through and see who had the correct answer uh, before we uh, reveal that on air. So, uh, Q&A time. I've got a couple questions from the who I am dubbing now the WrestleGeddon podcast MVP friend of the podcast, Carl Crossland. So this is what he's asking this week. I'm going to start with this one. Um, Carl wants to know what I plan to do with the AEW title that I stole. Uh, there was actually no plans. It just went right into a straight up Shawn Michaels playgirl centerfold picture, uh, which will not be released to the public because nobody wants to see me butt naked with the AEW title over my junk. So there you go. That's what I did with the AEW title that I stole, which is now returned to the Tallahassee police department because I found it on the side of the highway. So Jericho enjoy your title that my balls are all up on. So, uh, Carl, second question, um, wants to know besides the four horsemen, the NWO and DX, who are some of your favorite stables? Uh, honestly, the first one that comes to mind is the triple threat from ECW, uh, the franchise, Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Candido, uh, of course, involved in that group as well. You had Tammy Lynn Sitch, AKA Sonny and the queen of extreme Francine and uh, Lance Storm, who was kind of an honorary member, but not really part because he tagged with Candido and was tag team champions with Candido for a while. Um, the Heart Foundation, both iterations of the Heart Foundation, actually, um, the original Heart Foundation, uh, led by Jimmy Hart, and of course the Heart Foundation, uh, that we all know and love with the, the Hart family with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, uh, Brian Pillman and Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, which was a very influential and dominant stable during that, the, uh, you know, 96, 97 era. Um, lots of great matches, especially, you know, Bret Hart taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, the Heenan family is another one. Uh, love Bobby Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan was a fantastic manager. Um, you know, he surrounded himself with some of the top tier talent in the industry. Um, he was credited storyline wise for bringing Ric Flair to the WWF. Um, you know, he, every, pretty much every person that he managed went to win gold, um, you know, Ric Flair, Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, Mr. Perfect. Um, all these guys held some sort of title, Andre the Giant. I think really the only one that didn't was Big John Stud. Um, but yeah, so, um, I don't know, can you count Demolition as a stable? Like, there were three members, um, Axe, Smash, and Crush, and when they added Crush to Demolition, I don't know if you can count that one, um, but if you do, Demolition, um, <laughs> the Dudley Boys, you know, the ECW version of the Dudley Boys, there's like 50 of them. You know, we had, of course, Bubba Ray and Devon. You had their little brother, Spike. You had Sign Guy Dudley. You had Big Dick Dudley. And, of course, you know, the mouthpiece, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel Gertner. Um, so much going on there. Um, well, gosh, what else? Uh, the million dollar corporation, um, 
really can't forget that. You know, that's credited to bringing in, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, as the ringmaster. Um, hell, there's so many damn stables, you know, throughout wrestling history. It's kind of hard to pick a favorite. Um, <laughs> you have the Latino World Order. I don't know if I mentioned that one or not, uh, which mainly was just a purpose of getting in, you know, the luchador something to do, giving them a little bit more TV time. Um, the oddities, I enjoyed the oddities as well. Um, mainly because back then I was a huge insane clown, insane clown posse fan. And of course, you know, they managed the oddities for a little bit. Their theme music was done by them. Um, you had the dark carnival in WCW, which of course involved insane clown posse, uh, Vampiro and the great Muda. So, you know, there was that stable, um, you had the Jersey Triad, which was Diamond Dallas Page, Bam Bam Bigelow, and the late Chris Canyon. So much, so many stables, but really some of my favorites, of course, the Hart Foundation, the Heenan Family, and the Triple Threat were probably three of my big favorites um, for my time watching wrestling. And as, a, as an adult fan now, you really learn to appreciate um, the value that a manager can give um, having like, you know, these group of talented wrestlers behind him, which is something that's missing, um, in wrestling. Now you don't really have like that whole, you know, that Bobby Heenan aspect or that Jimmy Hart aspect with just that manager, you know, representing a group of different guys or a group of different talent, um, which I kind of want them to do with Paige, um, as she is managing, um, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane. I would love to see her add maybe a couple more people um, to that stable, to that group, and kind of being like, you know, the Page Dynasty or whatever. Something cool like that. But, um, yeah, um, as far as the stable goes, like I said, Triple Threat, the Heenan family, the Hart Foundation, probably three of my favorites outside of the NWO. And, you know, I was a huge NWO fan. Um, but speaking of the NWO, I want to pose a question, um, which y'all can send an answer to askrusselgeddon at gmail.com. Um, subject line, you can put in what if, because this is going to be a what if question. So the biggest rumor coming out of WCW in the late 90s, you know, 96 with the formation of the NWO, Bash at the Beach 96. Picture this. You've got Hall and Nash on one side of the ring. Opposite side, rep, fighting for WCW, representing WCW, you had Sting, Luger, and Savage. Now, and Hall and Nash had said there is a third man. It wasn't just them. They didn't come alone. There's someone else. What if that third man was Sting? What if Sting was that third man? What if he had turned on Savage and Luger during that match and joined the NWO? With Hall and Nash. Think about that. Where would WCW be. Right now. If Sting was the one. To become the face of the NWO. And not. Hulk Hogan. Was it something that Hogan needed to do. Was it always destined for Hogan. To become Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And you know. Reinvent his career by becoming one of the greatest. Heels in you know, history, um, or should it have been sting? 
So that's my question I pose to you outside of the, your standard trivia question for this week. So go ahead. Like I said, send that email to askrussellgeddon at gmail.com, subject line, what if. Um, whichever ones I get, I'll read them on the air and, you know, voice your opinion. So there's that. And I'll leave you with that. That's pretty much all I've got this week. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been 10 great weeks so far. Like I said, I really enjoy doing this. And I want to continue as long as I can doing this. I really enjoy talking wrestling and some other things. So I will chat with you guys next week. Enjoy. Have fun. Watch as much wrestling as you can. There's so much of it out there. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.